1: Supercoach Edge for the round 10 review and round 11 preview. He's the taste we love without the cholesterol, which is the tagline for I
0: can't believe it's not butter. I can't believe it's not butter.
1: But probably doesn't describe the namesake Zach Butters with any real sense or accuracy, but his 184 points on the weekend was as smooth and tasty as it could get in Supercoach terms. And another Zach gorged himself on buttery Mm -hmm. points without fear of cholesterol. And that man was Merritt Merritt. Who came out and scored a 162 for owners, leaving non-owners like myself with their faces pressed up against the virtual supercoach glass, drooling <laughs> at the prospect of owning this man. Fair to say, I'll be one such coach lining up to get my fix as a prospective owner heading into next week. And we were vocal on Twitter about him being a big captaincy option for good reason. And hope owners heeded our advice and made him captain because I know you did, Liam. I did. I did. Well, very, the- very nice.
0: And in keeping with the, uh, the rhyming first names, we
1: had Jack Sinclair
0: smash out a season high of 160. But it wasn't just the keepers who were delivering on some big, big scores. It was the likes of Humphrey B. Bear finding his voice with back-to-back tons. And our president po- Supercoach Pokemon, Weedle. Mm. Weddle. 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 <laughs> Weedle. 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 <laughs> Weedle. The most potent Pokemon. <laughs> yes. He uh, he evolved. He evolved mm. on the weekend into his Final form with the big one fourteen as well, absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yes, it was. Uh, good to see. Good to see that he's he's upgraded to that uh, that big keeper type uh, type score there. Love that <laughs> final form. But we can't also forget the biggest development to come out of the weekend, and that mm. is in the news that the pink sweaty pig has been ruled out with a hamstring strain for what they're terming the short term. Yeah. So if you're listening to this on via the podcast, I'm using inverted commas here with my fingers short term because we have no idea what that entails. But I'm thinking maybe I'm to blame for extracting too much pig juice from uh, from Chloe. Yeah, jumping and jumping on his back and uh <laughs> suckling into his ass cheek. Shopping <laughs> down on the on the high knee and extracting the pig juice. As as we were cool. alerted on uh, on the, in the <laughs> YouTube comments and uh, with with uh, good accuracy as well, um, but we'll discuss that of course in greater detail <laughs> as to what we do with him later in the episode.
0: And of course, if you're not following us on socials where we'll post all of the latest news, post match Supercoach scores, and the odd meme or two, you can do so via Twitter on at Supercoach underscore Edge Damon at at J eighty eight myself at Liam Evans underscore ninety five. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, if you search Supercoach Edge, that is where you find us. But uh, let's just jump straight into it today by kicking off with uh, our usual recap in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. For those new to our show, in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, we uh, roll through some of the more notable and the more forgettable performances across the round, and we are touch on how our own teams performed in our head-to-head rivalry as we uh,
1: wrestle for ultimate supremacy,
0: Damon. do you want to kick off with the good,
1: uh, and it is uh, a jewel, a jewel good. It's yeah. a good good, and it is in the form of butters and merit. So they are sharing the honors mm. this week, Zach. Um, in the good, and it is Zach squared as you're uh, as you're labeling it, labeling it, Liam. I like that. And mm. butters, yeah, he pumped out that uh, one eighty four against the demons on Friday night. While Merritt claimed the honors on Saturday night against the Tigs with that uh, equally high score, so um, juice all round, juice,
0: juice, juice. Uh, it was probably a week where just so many players could fit into the good, so it was actually kind of yeah, hard to true. narrow it down. Uh, but let's move on to the bad. Let's let's bring some negativity into this, uh, and let's <laughs> let's like. kick off with Bill uh, Day, uh, and we he had tried. a day to forget with a score of just mm. seventy four while being tagged by the Eagles. Seriously, it obviously did hold a lot of good for them. But why? anyway, anyway, why is Dimmer retiring and not Simo this week? Exactly. But let's move on. It's a bit of a concern, though, for owners of Will Day, as his most recent scores read 97, 84, 88, and 74. And we're back to the mid-price scoring rather than the breakout scores that we were hoping for.
1: It's annoying. It is definitely annoying. Mm -hmm. But uh, we push on. And we will to the ugly, and it is Noah Anderson. Uh, unfortunately, here uh, he runs us out uh, because he's teased us with a breakout score uh, in recent weeks, with one forty-four and one eighty-nine in round seven and eight, only to then pull out an eighty-eight and a seventy-three this week. And it's a tough pill to swallow for those that jumped on with the increased role with Tookie Miller out. But we did outline it that there was a potential there was the one sort of big game that people were jumping on recency bias, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, there was still enough form there to say that he should have gone well. So I don't Mm. know, Mr. Anderson, what is he doing? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Dodging good scores like Neo.
0: Um, (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, do you want to kick off with uh, how our teams went this week, Damon?
1: Yes, uh, not as not as good as you from the uh, from the get Ooh. go. I, I did do a little bit of a teaser, I must admit, in uh, the the Ooh. team talk mini episode that I put out there, and didn't want to ruin as to what you scored. So people are waiting with uh, bated breath to Love it. yep as to as to how you've gone. But uh, alas, uh, I scored at two thousand four hundred forty five. Ranking wise, I actually slid down eight hundred and thirty eight spots to now sit two thousand five hundred twenty fourth overall. And uh, was the first time this season that I've dropped in ranking, so I'm not overly worried given that you know once out of not ten weeks, not not too bad. But the big difference I found between my team and those that uh, scored higher than me was the uh, I guess the correlation they all had, which was they all shared ownership of merit and or were fielding one or, one or both of Weddle and Humphrey B Bear. So aside from Day, I guess in terms of the players in my team that I did have, there wasn't anything too concerning. Two of the three uh, lowest scores came from rookies that I was forced to field with Sharps 47 and Ryan's 58. And uh, I think it's pretty obvious and no surprise the rookies remain the one weak spot of my team, like many, and I get them off field or when I do, it should hopefully correlate to higher scores on a more consistent basis. In terms of the captaincy, it was a case of deja vu with the, uh, the pink sweaty pig punching out a VC worthy 120. This time it wasn't scaled down to 119. So thank you, <laughs> uh, champion data for that, which um, I actually uh, locked in knowing a gamble could end in a disaster as it did for a few last round. In terms of trades, I only made the one this week, cashing in Cowan for Sharp to give me a nice nest egg for my next trade, which is likely to come in the form of merit Uh, this week as you would have seen in my team talk mini episode and this will take me to 20 keepers and two rookies on field and puts me in an instantly good position for my most troubling buy in round 15 with the inclusion of merit so thankful for that as always uh, for a more comprehensive look into my team as it stands along with the strategies and trades I'm looking at for next week and beyond and how, of course, I'm planning for my buys. Feel free to check out Demo's Team Talk, uh, which has uh, was released uh, yesterday or this morning, uh, depending on where you listen or watch this. Uh, but it can, of course, only be found on YouTube. So check that out as that uh, exclusive bit of content if you're looking for a, a little bit mm-hmm. more. So give the people more, Liam. How did you go? Because you, you are delivered more.
0: I had a good round for once. It yeah. was nice. Big round. And I'm just going to start this off by saying that on Saturday night after after Merit, I had Merit as the captain, and I'll, I'll go into this a bit more detail. I sent you a message, and I've just got it up here now, saying I was projected for 2544. And in my head, I was like, not going to make it. Not going to make it. That's like, right. it's yeah. Sunday's coming. Sunday's going to kill yeah. me. Then I sent you another message at 3 o'clock on Sunday, saying that my projection was now 2678. I won't get there but wow (laughs) was the quote, but I got there 2,694. I actually managed to get there. It's the first time that I think that's happened.
1: Um, I know for it to go up. Usually it just goes down always. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's insane. Uh, You've broken barriers here. Was really happy with that. Really happy with that. So finished 343rd for the round, which was nice as well. Uh, Ranking went up. 9,000 spots, 9,098 spots to sit 7,165th overall. So another nice little rise there. I, yeah, it was an absolute belter of a score. I'm just annoyed that I didn't hit 2,700. So close. So close. And you know what actually is the most, I'm most filthy about? I lost a league matchup, a cash league matchup as well. To someone, I think they scored like 27.05 or something. It was just...
1: That is ridiculous. Seriously. And that's the one one part of Supercoach that really annoys me in those head-to-head weeks. Yeah. And like, I can see as well with, um, and I guess when we go through our uh, Supercoach Edge Patreon League that we've got, yeah, you'll be able to highlight it there. But like in terms of the score that you're punching out overall, it should dictate that you should be in like the top few. But mm. because, you know, as is the case in some leagues, like your opponents play your grand finals against you virtually. And yeah. Yeah. Differential is just stupid. doesn't make sense. I feel yep.
0: frustrating, frustrating. But uh, let's have a quick look at my side. And my lowest scores came from Tom Stewart with a 91. This is on field scores, not even ignoring those uh, pesky Sam Simpsons with their 20s. Uh, Seamus Mitchell with an 82. Sean Simpson. Darcy with a 91. Errol Goulden, my boy, with a 96. And Samson Ryan with a 58. I did have uh, the VC on Goulden. I opted to avoid. Oliver, just for something a bit different. And we were actually at the game Sydney versus uh North Melbourne. And uh every time that Gordon got the ball, I was uh giving him a little little bit of pep. Um yeah. when he kicked to that goal, well bloody hell, I went off.
1: <laughs> Lived it off the roof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
0: was the only person cheering, but uh
1: we noticed was... the the, uh, the the dust on the um <laughs> on the what do you call them, like the pylons or the, yeah, the, yeah, those little, the metal those... framework. Yeah. But like how like and there was a bit of dust that had like been pushed off and the whole rest of the bar was like just completely dusty. I reckon that might have been you when yeah, you just, just jumped out of your seat. You're like, <laughs> and you just blew the dust off. <laughs> mm. And that's oh. probably a note to Marvel. Clean your stadium. Yeah, clean, mate. Your, clean your
0: stadium. Come on. Come on. Yes. Yeah, so Golden didn't quite get there. Punched out a respectable 96, I will say. But uh, I did have the captain on Zachy Merritt with his 162, which helped see me bring home a big win in our head-to-head mm. matchup, thankfully. Because it was getting a little bit embarrassing. Uh, (laughs) But most pleasingly, I've seen that my drinking drop, rise, I don't know, massively, either Mm, way. And I just wanna note this in round four, I was ranked 56,569th overall. It's a lot of fives and sixes in that. Uh, Since then, I've climbed up over 49,404 spots in six weeks. So, gotta keep the climb going, obviously. And I think the buys are gonna (laughs) not help me there but we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, But I think what I'm just trying to highlight, I guess, is that people can, you can turn your luck around. Mm. Um,
1: You can turn your luck around uh, in terms of trades. Yeah. That's that's a, uh, just, just breaking that down the 49,404 spots over six weeks. That's a rise. That's an average of 8,234 spots that you've gained every single week. That's yeah. crazy. But it obviously came, um, you know, help on the weekend, but in
0: the, yeah, the last two weeks have been big rises. Yeah. There was Crazy a couple though. of weeks where, yeah. So it is big. It is big, which is nice to see. Um, just in terms of trades this week, I opted to trade out uh, Cade Chandler and Connor McKenna, bringing in your boy, Damon Walshie and uh, Drury. I don't know what his first name is. Sorry, mate. Judge.
1: This is Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a serious answer there as well. Uh, From me? Oh, yeah, no, I, know, I, know, I don't know
0: what I was expecting. <laughs> What is his name? So I know Brody Blake. Oh, Blake. Yeah. He does look like a Blake. Yeah. It does look like a Blake actually. <laughs> um, but the curse continued with Walshy pumping out a 92. Well oh. down on his 114.8 average from last round. Uh, but as we know, whatever I bring in a player the next week, he uh, he
1: bounces back. So uh should be in for a big one next week in Walshie. Thankfully, uh, you did want us, but there's nothing we could do about it. Like if you know you're a current owner like myself, I just yeah, have to sorry. sit back and be like, "Yep, I know it's coming." But like steel, steel bounce back, steel bounce back. One thirty-five, one thirty-five. There's merit to it. So at least now he, well, she's gonna have a big one in for a good ride, I reckon now. But let's uh, move on to the uh, the head-to-head. Looks a little bit more respectable now, Liam. It doesn't, if if you <laughs> isolate it in terms of <laughs> the differential. <laughs> Yeah which, maybe. Yeah, yeah, which I've been saying all along Yeah, you you're going to come back. And that's probably a little bit of blind hope more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no reason to that think you... that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to be up against considering like our teams are becoming similar, similar in some respects. Yeah. So like in terms of keepers. So, but you've done well and and the Pokemon helped you on your way with that because mm. I didn't field him. Yeah, Having steel, I didn't have steel and then not having merit. That uh, obviously killed me. But um, do you want to break down in terms of the head-to-head, how it looks? Yeah. uh, Two wins for myself, which is not respectable.
0: What? Your eight wins. But uh, points differential, it's only 230 points in it. Your way, Damon. But I did manage to peg it back a little bit by 249 points this round alone. (laughs) You
1: you more than halved it.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. Sorry. It's absolutely ridiculous. So another big week. Maybe I could be in Woo! front. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess in alone you made up what forty. What did Merit score? Uh, one sixty-two. Um, yeah, yeah, so forty-two points just there. Just there, and then went all to, and, to, yeah, went, went all, all over over bloody uh, sharp that I I did. So there's yeah, yeah, you've you've done very very well, but yeah yeah, it's worked out nicely. You know, I have been saying all along it's going to just take one week, and as you said there, it's a it just goes to show for those people you know, tuning in that don't lose the faith. We're only, you know, heading into the eleventh yeah. round of the season. Not even halfway there yet. And there's a chance there that you can turn your season around, whether it's in your leagues or overall. Um, and people cop injuries and the like and whatnot. But the crucial part is the buys uh coming up as well, which can really set you apart from the pack. So uh even now if you're having a little bit of a shit one, um, keep at it and yeah. you'll be able to turn it around. That's for sure. Just A little bit of planning and a little bit of luck, but um, you can't turn it around. Now, though, let's turn our attention to the juiciest part of our episode. As always, as we talk, all things trades in the price is right. Show me the money. Does
0: that make you feel good just to say that? What are you going to do, Jerry?
1: For those tuning in for the first time, The Price is Right is the segment where we discuss potential trades and trade targets from week to week or whether a specific player under question should even be traded at all. And from the get-go, we will say we will be discussing what to do with the pink sweaty pig. So hold onto your seats, hold onto your hats, hold to whatever you can uh, because we will be discussing that very, very shortly. But first up, we have, of course, the first category of going, going, gone. And we have, uh, first up, Sam simpson or Simpson, sir. He's one of your boobs from Sector 7G. Doesn't ring a bell. So he is a mid-forward. He's priced at 250.6K, averaging a 57.8 with a break-even of 59. So he was unfortunately subbed out uh, on the weekend for a score of just 20, which has put a dent in his cash generation, raising his break-even to 59. If we do exclude this subbed-out score, his average does increase to a 67.25, but... The main problem is well now that he's been sub, he could potentially be on the outer. Um, you know, all indications kind of point to that. As we know, there are some guys uh, coming back from injury for the Cats. They've got had a long uh, list of injuries, um, so players will be returning. Uh, we saw Stengel also return on the weekend, which is probably one main reason as to why his output was down. Uh, Didn't kick a goal either uh, for the first time this season. Uh, Previous weeks, I think he scored two goals every single week. Um, But aside from all that, might be one to look to offload on the back of the loss because you'd think... Scott's going to sort of make some scapegoats, um, make some omissions, and I am tipping he could be one to make way, especially if there is a best 22 player coming back in to the side. So for me, I am looking to use him as a bit of a cash-out option. Yes. Yeah, likewise.
0: Likewise, I think this week's the week for him to go. And I reckon he's going to get dropped. Just feels like if you're being subbed out you're in his situation, you're probably on the outer. Yeah. Um and I don't trust Chris Scott at all. Nope. Wouldn't trust him with anything. Uh, moving on <laughs> to on the chopping block, and these are guys that you know you can hold another week. You can trade. You can kind of, yeah. There's 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 reason to hold them. But there's also reason yeah. to get rid of them. Uh, and we'll kick off with Samson Ryan, ruck forward. He is three hundred fifty nine point four k, averaging sixty five point seven with a break even of seventy one, and with the return of Nankervis. Uh, we saw a marked decrease in ruck contests for Samson Ryan taking just 26.7% on the weekend compared to 69% the week before against the cats and 56.3% against the Eagles. This will see him drop his scoring potential as we saw on the weekend with a score of 58, his lowest since round six, you could potentially hold another week uh, for the likes of McAndrew to be on the bubble or look to offload him before he loses any cash. He's gone up 235 K overall so he has most certainly done his job and just before while we were talking about Samson Ryan how was that quarter mark I'm sorry
1: oh that How's that, that was mark? it that was absolutely insane I was I'm just gonna point this out I, I was this the here.
0: opposite end of the ground I was at the punt road end this was that was at the city end level two of the MCG and I could mm. see it I was 200 meters away from that ball and I could tell that it had been dropped that the umpire couldn't three other umpires and the, in fantasy will say the umpire that paid it was on the wrong side, but that's also explains, doesn't give him, I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt there because no. you shouldn't be making
1: a call if you can't see it. Exactly. That's part of the reason why they've extended like the number of umpires on field, like to, to <sighs> counteract that, that, that very issue. Mm. So you don't just guesswork it. Um, yeah. It was, it was stupid. Ludicrous. I have seen in the past, like where umpires blow the whistle for a mark, like half by the whistle. And then they call play on like mm. when they've really like in the split second, because it is hard to tell. Sometimes they're like, Oh, wait, it wasn't a mark and they call play on. So like surely you can do that then. And like just just force a ball up. Obviously, don't don't pay for a free kick because you've initially yeah, blown yeah. it as a mark. I don't know. It's just and I think you could see like he could tell afterwards, like, oh yeah, that, that probably wasn't a mark.
0: <laughs> well, it was quite interesting because I think that like watching the replay of it, um, the players all went up to him and were like, mate. And he just, like, refused to look at the screen. And I was like, I reckon he knew at that moment. Yeah, it was, like, absolutely. Not, I did not want to see the blunder I've made. And then <laughs> it was also quite funny because it was, like, Samson, after, like, after he kicked the goal, you could just see this, like, wry smile on Samson Ryan's face. Like, I got yeah. away with that one. And then he went back into the square and he looked at, like, Zerk Thatcher and Zerk Thatcher's just, like, shaking his head, like, smiling at him, like, <laughs> how'd you get that? So it was, quite, Samson... it was like, funny in, in retrospect, but... Yeah.
1: Yeah, could it could have cost you the game though.
0: Yeah, that's and that's where I reckon that that umpire is breathing a sigh of relief that yeah. it wasn't a five point game.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, Samson Ryan, as he was going back to the center square, just slipped him a you know a little bit of a fear. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go, Matt. Here you go, Ripper. Thanks Ugh. for that. And the umpire's probably, what probably it, thinking, what's that for? What do you mean? I made a good call. <laughs> did make comment to some
0: people I was at the ground with saying he's in my super coach side, so I'm happy that he got a mark and a goal out of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's the one upside to super coach with opposition players yeah. They're playing against you you are like oh it hurts but it's also not too bad because he's in my team. Yeah exactly. Um yeah but uh let's move on to the next guy and it is uh Eddie Ricotta Chinkotta Panacotta <laughs> Alex Chinkotta as a defensive midfielder is priced at 218.9k averaging a 64.5 with a break even of 22. So he was dropped uh, on the weekend and named as an emergency he also missed the VFL game, so you'd assume he was held over in case he was needed as a late inclusion against the Pies and shows he's really just, you know, just outside the best 23 for the Pies. Oh, sorry, the Pies for, for Carlton. See, <laughs> I've, already, I've already transferred across to up. Collingwood now. I've given <laughs> yeah. up on Carlton at the moment. <laughs> Gee whiz, look at that. Subconsciously, so I'm like giving up on them. No, I'm just mainly giving up on Voss, mate, and coming for you. Um, With his last (laughs) score of 33, we've seen a sharp... And this is also because he dropped Shin But with his last (laughs) score of 33, we've seen a sharp increase in his break-even with a 22. And the risk of him being a sub, means it may be worth trading him. If you're in need of some cash, he has made 116.5K, but equally is one that you could potentially hold. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, as a carryover player shows as I just said like he's he's just just on the cusp
0: yeah. um
1: and you know with Carlton losing games on mass now I mean it's it's natural that players are going to be you know scapegoated virtually and um there's so many guys that are out of form like even Wiedering who I've yeah you know, been a big fan of he was he was absolutely shit um so I could even see like you know senior guys being dropped to sort of make a point and if that's the case then cott is probably you know mm. in line for a bit of bit of a reprieve but uh, we'll see what happens there yeah good point moving on to
0: Jacob van Rien, uh, uh forward eligible 267 thousand dollars averaging sixty point five with a break even of 24 and here's another one that you could hold for a week I probably would hold for a week just because there's not a great deal of options coming forward this week uh, but his break even is rising rapidly with his break even of 24 it's very much starting to approach his average and sort of the the lower end of scores that you can get from him that being said with a score of 58 that's his projection for uh according to supercoach plus or gold or whatever it's called nowadays uh he is projected to go up another 15.4 K on the weekend but his break even then will rise to 45 and at that point he really probably is maxed out. Um, You might get a little bit of change unless he does kickstart his scoring with a big, big score uh, this week. So, yeah, Um, it's one of those funny ones where you could, if you need, if you're looking to cash someone in to upgrade, he's one that you could do it with, uh, but you could hold another week.
1: Yep. Good, good points there. Uh, Let's round it out with uh, Ruben Jinbi uh, as a defender midfielder. He's priced at 318.2K, averaging a 66.1 and with a break-even of 39. So we've seen virtually like polar opposites uh, with his scoring in the the last couple of weeks. He's had a 108 against the Suns and then followed it up with the 35 against the Hawks. Uh, His break-even is still very achievable. Obviously, um, you know 39 break-even compared to the 66.1 and he's average, um, but with just two scores sitting below it, you could look to hold him another week uh, with a score of 61. He'll make another 9.8 K this round and will then have peaked in his price. So hold another round, but uh, you know, if you can use him to get uh, up to a primo as a bit of a stepping stone, then I reckon uh, probably good opportunity to offload.
0: Yeah. Agreed. I think cash isn't, I don't think he's going to make that much more cash at this stage. and probably getting tired again. Um, but you never know, Jenna, know what's going to happen this week. Now let's move on to get them in. <clears throat> and these are the guys that you should be, should be on your radar. And first up we have Zach Butters mid forward. Well, I can tell the difference between butter and I can't believe it's not butter. No, you can't Mr. Simpson. No one can. 620.7 K on. averaging 112 with a break even of 33 And he went absolutely bananas, as we mentioned at the top of the show, scoring a round high score of 184 points. And that follows up from scores of 139 and 125 in his last two weeks. He played like it was perfect conditions considering it was wet weather footy uh, with an impressive 78% disposal efficiency, game high, 18 contested disposals and 10 clearances alongside 41 disposals and two goals. If you don't mind, he is firmly entrenched in the engine room as we highlighted last week with an equal second season high of 68% CBAs and the second most behind Connor Rosie. He has notoriously known to be struggle known to, he has notoriously known to be known to struggle for playing a full season due to his contested nature putting him in harm's way built like I feel like he's not built like a player mm. that should be doing what he's what he what he tries to do, um, yeah. which makes it impressive. But yeah. also like you gotta have a little bit of self-preservation, <laughs> uh, especially for us super coach owners. Um uh, but well I'm not an owner, but if I was uh but could this be the season that he does put it all together? Currently sits as the third highest scoring forward and the eighth best mid. So he is putting his hand up as a keeper and he's projected to be a priced a touch under 700 K in two weeks time. So definitely, I mean, you're getting even at a high price at this stage,
1: but could be much higher 700 K in a couple of weeks time. Crazy, crazy. He's uh, he's turned around in, in score, in price, mm-hmm. everything uh, off the back of extra CBAs is, is incredible. Um, but yeah, he's, he's had a few best on ground games as well in recent times. So he is in a rich vein of form, and uh, to quote South Park, "Everyone knows it's butters." Well, that's me. That is him. Uh, let's move on to uh, the other Zachary that we spoke of yes. uh, earlier in the episode, and it is your boy Zachary Merritt. He's priced at five eighty two point one k with an average now of one ten point three and a break even of seventy six. So, we did mention on Twitter how it was coming up House for Merritt. With the absence of setters, Paris Shield uh, is a late out also going to convert to a bulk CBAs against a team in Richmond who he has his highest average against. And boy, yeah. did he make the most of it. He top scored with a 163 and most pleasantly, his CBAs lifted from 62% to 83%, which is an indication of what should follow from here on out. But best of all, he faces the Eagles this week, who can see the third most points to midfielders and North Melbourne over the next two weeks. So with a break even of 76, his price is sure to go to the moon. Much like he's scoring. (laughs) Yes, hopefully. As an owner, I hope so. Um,
0: Not much to add there. I mean, Shields supposed to come back this week. I don't know what, I think he had an ankle injury against Brisbane and just didn't get up. Uh, Cause he was a late out set as foot or something. Yeah. So he'll be out for a few weeks. You'd expect and perish out for another couple as well. So there's really no one that's going to displace him in that midfield because uh, yeah, there's no one of the, yeah, just, I mean, no one would come in. I am um, danger game though. Against the Eagles, if I'm honest, um, I feel like, but we'll touch on him and his scoring against the Eagles a little bit later in the episode when we talk mm. about captaincy options. <clears throat> uh, let's move on to Lockie Neal, mid-eligible, 561.5K, averaging 109 with a break-even of 85. He is coming in at a discount of over 110000 on his season's starting price. And the Brizzy captain is ready to increase his price with a very achievable break-even on uh, this week of 85. <sighs> but and i don't know i don't know why i just have this this feeling about him and it's it's not a positive one i don't think he's necessarily a must have even at his value and you know we know what he can what he can produce he has had an inconsistent year with high variability in scoring with lows of 63 76 and 95 and highs of 176 128 and 124 he's still managing an average of 109 for the season but if i'm honest i think i'd rather look at other players first there's merit um, who's got a very favorable fixture for the rest of the year um mm. and we know he's got the history of of strong scoring in the second half of the year but also the likes of Rory Ladd um who yeah. I think we touch on a bit later um who are sort of not quite the same price but they're all roughly around the same price not not too much difference I'd rather if you can go from one of them over a Neil um just because I think you're getting a better a better op- option than Neil at this stage yep.
1: Yeah, he's definitely not the same, Neil, that we saw in previous seasons. And yeah, we sort of touched on it in recent weeks where it's it was kind of a question that we posed in the preseason, like what impact is the inclusion of Dunkley and Ashcroft going to have on Neil? And there is some sort of impact there, you'd think. So um, he's just not the same, uh, despite he's having still those good weeks like he did on the weekend, but they're few and far between. They're not as consistently um, occurring, I guess, uh, from week to week or throughout yeah. the year. So... Uh, he's he's got more sort of deviation in his scoring, which is a bit of uh, uncharted territory for Neil. So um, yeah, you make a very which, good point about Zerit and Laird there.
0: Probably works okay with the variability if you're not playing for leagues. If you are playing for leagues, it's going to hurt you. Um, mm-hmm. Because if he puts in a stinker um, one week, you know, you want consistency with league matchups. But for overall, you don't really care. You're just worrying about his average. He's averaging yeah. 109, which isn't, isn't bad. Um, I'm just going to have a quick look and see where he is rated as a mid. So he is the 10th highest rated mid for the season based off total points. Um, so he's not going you know, too badly.
1: Um, I guess, yeah, in terms of that, like he's on the cusp. So like if you've got him, uh, just ride the wave. Like I think lot, there was a, a few people early on that, that traded him out because I was so frustrated with the scoring. Um, but yeah, just ride the wave, especially, yeah, if you're, Going for overall, um, and yeah, I mean you can target him as well as a potential option, but yeah, he's one to keep in mind. Another one is of course James Sicily, who has a little bit of a similar variability in his scoring this year. Uh, he's priced at five fifty four point three k, averaging a one oh five point three, with a break even of forty nine. And he was most definitely back to his seagull scoring ways against the hapless eagles. So a seagull v eagle, he would win that. Well, Sicily did. I need to he delivered a second successive score of 134, which has halted his price drop and we'll see his price begin to rise with a break-even now of 49. Faces St. this weekend who gave up the third most points to opposition defenders, so could once again be in for a nice juicy score.
0: Yes, I like to see that. I like to see that. Uh, moving on to another defender, uh, Jack Sinclair, 537.3K, juicy, cheap, cheap. Averaging 103.2 with a break-even of 83. And he finally hit that ceiling score that we've all known that he is capable of with a score of 160, which came from 37 disposals, 8 marks, and 2 goals. I know we've said previously this could be the lowest price we see him at, anticipating a huge score the next week. But we can now definitively say so after that huge score having been delivered. With it now in his three-game rotation for another two weeks, and a favorable matchup for defenders in the form of Hawthorne next round. The time to bring this bloke in is now.
1: For sure. Like, uh, you kind of spoil for choice there. Like, it is, yeah. they've been hovering around the same price like Sicily and Sinclair. So I think you can't go too wrong going for either guy. Um, because, yeah, it looks as though both are well and truly going to be keepers in that defensive area of the ground. Uh, let's move on to Rory Laird and he's priced at 597.6 K averaging a 111.4 with a break even of 99. So if you haven't got Rory squared just yet, it's time to get the blockhead in at a discount of over 105 K since the start of the season. We saw what he's capable of on the weekend with a big score of 145. And since his slow start in round one, he's only dropped below 100 twice, which was a 97 against Frio and 98 against the saints. So, I don't know. There's not much more that we can really say apart from get him in. Like he, yeah, at the start of the season, we said he's going to be right up there. Like people were weighing up. Do I go for Laird? Do I go for Oliver? If you can't afford both. Uh, I think we we both started with Laird. Yep. Uh, Cause we thought he was going to be yeah, right up there among potentially the top two scoring players across the competition. And I said it last week, <laughs> I was hoping more than anything that, he was going to recapture that form because you know he's had the ankle niggle. He's been you know subbed out of the game the previous week um, to be preserved, and finally he's captured a little bit of form. And I thought that mightn't come until after he's had the rest in the bye week. But uh, yeah, it's, it's welcome. It's definitely welcome, especially for those of us that are thinking of maybe holding Clary which we'll get into in a little bit more detail early, but it's a little bit of a, a, bit of a teaser. teaser <laughs> those those extra extra high scores help I balance out the the, uh, the loss of someone like a Clary potentially. But uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Didn't realize how consistent he's actually been. Like, I think mm-hmm. when I was looking back at his stats for that, 97 and 98 being his two lowest other than that 50 in round one, like, I don't know what I, in my head, I kind of just didn't think he'd be that consistent, but pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, that's what you want for a midfielder. Um, and I've got a question for you, Damon. Is Sam Lockerty back? Sam Ooh. Lockerty. I think he like might He is priced at 538.2K, averaging 98one with a break-even of 79 And we are obviously talking about Sam Docherty, if you couldn't oh, pick up on is. that. Oh. On my uh, very, very uh, cryptic version of his name, Uh, but since returning from injury, he has gone 106, 111, 94, and 135, and on top of that, he looks to have his old role back. There is a bit of a correlation I think we've touched on as well between he and Sam Walsh playing in the same side. Um, Seems as though, yeah, when Walsh plays, Doherty um, has that role that we, we like to see last year where he does get to, I don't know, just pick it up a little bit. Yep. Um, and his scoring increase shows that he is back to that old role. He does come in as a relative pod as well, considering he is in just 6% of uh, teams because everybody punted him, Um, but he is one to consider if you are in need of another defender, and I actually don't mind him at that price, um, especially considering what we've seen in the last four weeks um, since he has returned from injury.
1: Yeah, he's, he's very much an interesting one because looking at the defense uh, itself, like in terms of looking at keepers, uh, it's so hard. I wish there was more than six spots because um, he's actually putting his hand up now based upon yeah. recent form anyway, that maybe he is a keeper after all, um, back in that, that sort of that same role that we're hoping for. Um, and there's a bit of a sort of, I guess, balance out and uh, not correlation, but it's a, a kind of coincides with Sard's downturn in form mm-hmm. with the rise of Doherty's scores but yeah, just in terms of like defense. So we've got like Dawson, Stewart, Nick Dacos, you know, is it Sinclair? Is it Sicily? Is it Doc? There's Zeeble Mm -hmm. as well. Like Zeeble could potentially push forward. Is he best suited to like Luke Ryan? So there's, we're sport for choice really. Mm -hmm. Um, But the question remains like, which of these guys will be the, I think like between D5 and D6 maybe, um, it's kind of up in the air. Everyone else is kind of, you know, I think the D D one to D four are pretty straightforward. So a little bit of uh uncertainty there. Mm. Uh where, where I thought it was probably going to be pretty certain. Um, especially when Doc got injured. I thought, yep, that's that's set in stone now. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. But let's move on to the next category, and it is on the bubble in terms of the rookies, of course. And first up, we have Kane Baldwin, uh, who is a forward priced at 172.9K, averaging a 68, with a break-even of negative 37. So looks at home in the back line for the Bombers, with scores of 76, which was in a loss, and 60, which was on the weekend in a win over the past two weeks. The big query on him, of course, uh, is his job security. Laverde is reported to be ready to return this week. So does he potentially lose his spot? off the back of that inclusion. Mm. Liam, do you want to take over from here what your thoughts are? Yeah. I don't know. I hope he holds his spot. Um obviously I've
0: watched I've watched his last two games. I think he, he's shown reasonably good form um over those two weeks, clunking marks, a decent kick. Um but if I was looking at him, which I'm probably not at his price, he's not going to free out much cash. Um he'll get DP well, he won't get it at the next stage because think he had to play in six games. So yeah. he won't get it till much later. Um, but he, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just depends whether they reward form or whether La Verde gets to come straight back in. They're basically playing the same, the same role. I, it's just a hard one. I think I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'd wait for team sheets to be honest. And I think if Laverde isn't named this week, um, that doesn't mean that Baldwin is safe, um, because mm. Leverté, I think, yeah, was reported to be back, be ready to return this week. He might play in the VFL just to test out. I think it was a shoulder injury, um, mm-hmm. and then get him back in. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, uh, I want Baldwin to be able to play another game. I think, um, reward form.
1: I, I will say, uh, with these guys as well especially at that, that price point, always look around as to who is presenting uh, on the horizon, which we'll get into. We'll touch on these guys yeah. shortly, but we've also well. got the, uh, the warlord uh, in Wardlaw. Um, he is priced 20 K or 21 K more than Baldwin. And obviously comes yeah. with a bit of, uh, you know, extra job security. And I mean, pretty scoring. scoring potential as well. So yeah, um, I would be opting for him if you're going to go for someone at that higher price point, because it's not going to, as you said, net you much cash um, by downgrading to Baldwin. So why not just, you know, shave off an extra 20 K that you would be getting from the trade and lock in someone like a Wardlaw. Um, but yeah. Uh, interesting. That I always thought he was a, it was a forward as well. So he was he a forward converted into a yeah, defender. Yeah. It was a
0: forward converted into a defender. And I, I'll be honest. I thought it was ridiculous.
1: A bit of a um, radical about it.
0: Yeah. Even like I guess the Michael Hurley to an extent, um, yeah, sort of that mold, or yeah, gotcha. or yeah, just him, Laverde actually as well, say so exactly the same as him. Um, but yeah, I don't mind. I actually, don't mind. It, I have to say, I shouldn't question Brad Scott. His uh, <laughs> every time I question him, he proves me wrong. So just got to
1: accept what he does. Oh, very good. Well, let's uh, let's finish it off with the uh, the only other rookie on the bubble at the moment. Uh, and it is Cameron Fleeton, uh, defender priced at 123.9K, averaging a 45.5 with a break-even of negative 20. And the Giants defender comes in with two scores in the 40s, which uh, were a 47 and 44 from his first two games. With Himmelberg and Haynes out with possible concussions, you'd think he would manage a better score on the back line than 44 with a greater role going forward and a bit of, you know, I guess, uh, job security off the back of that as well. But having said that, he is more of a genuine defender. He's not going to be uh, punching out a high scores from week to week. Um, so I think it probably goes without saying he's maybe one to pass on at this stage.
0: Yeah. I'm actually going to throw a question without notice to you, Damon.
1: Josh Weddle is priced at 230K. I, I was literally just thinking yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> minus
0: 47 break even. Can you bring him in?
1: Uh, it's kind of a very similar boat to um, the conundrum that everyone faced last week with Humphrey Mm. similar price point. I think he's what 10 K 15 K more than what uh, Humphrey was roughly. Um, And similar sort of what's his break. Even was it uh, 47. So similar break, even 47. Um, I think you can, if people were going for Humphrey last week, I think there's reason enough to go for Weddle again. I don't think in terms of what he scored, I think that's an outlier. Um, Obviously you look at the opponent that he played was West coast. He scored two goals He's a, you know, a defender primarily that can drift, you know, down the ground as he does in the VFL. Looks pretty impressive. Uh, But that's that score, like that stat line of, you know, 28 disposals, seven marks, two goals. He's not going to be doing that against St. Kilda uh, on the weekend. However, having said that, St. Kilda, as I mentioned with uh, Sicily, they do concede uh, the third most points to defenders. So who's to say he may... uh, sort of score around about what his average is at the moment, 67. And if he does, he's going to go up uh, or roughly, according to Supercoach Plus, close to 50K if he can. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's good. The next week after that, if he scores around about the 60-odd again, could go up another 35 to 40K, but then kind of dwindles out. So you'd only be sort of – it's not even guaranteed either. That's the other thing. But mm. you're only going to be netting an extra 80K through the trade. Is it worth doing it? Um the other side of it is, if you're lacking for on-field scoring in terms of rookies, um, if you haven't got a Wilmot and you need someone to be on field, I don't mind it, um, and if it helps your buys as well, I think that was one of the main reasons why I got him in initially. He helps me out round fifteen, me out round fifteen buy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's, I think there's merit to it, but um, yeah, it comes down to your structure. What, what are your thoughts? Are you uh, thinking anything different or?
0: No, not really. I just hadn't I really considered it. I didn't really look at his break even until just then and uh, thought about it a bit more. Um, I think it feels a bit, uh, it's an out of the box score. Yeah. It's an out of the box score. That's the, yeah, it'll sit there for another three rounds or two rounds or whatever it is.
1: Mm.
0: Um, but I don't think you'd be scoring like that every week. Um, and that's where your issue is. I think as you went through kind of the projections and the break evens based off that, I don't think it's worth Worth it if you if you haven't already jumped on him. I think you probably... Yeah, the ship's probably sailed. Yep. But I've got another question for you, Damon. What oh, I mean, yes. about Bailey Humphrey? Can you jump on him now at 285.7K? Minus
1: going 54 to go
0: for... break even. The highest, the lowest, the lowest break even of of anyone in the league at the minute.
1: If you're going to go for him, I'd be going for Whittle instead. Like, yeah, you'd be saving yep. or netting yep. an extra 55K roughly. Um, by going for Weddle uh, instead of, or saving by going for Weddle instead of Humphrey. Uh, looking at his super coach Plus, he's only projected to go, and this is via projected scores of 64 over the next couple of weeks. He's only projected to go up another 68K, mm-hmm. roughly. And then by round 14, um, coming out of his buy, his break even goes, it it's skyrockets up to 71. Um, and the thing is as well, if he has another poor score to offset these l- you know, large games that he's had over the past couple of weeks, his break even going to stymie pretty quickly. So yeah. um, fair call. I don't think it's worth it. The, the ship's in in my opinion, the ship's a hundred percent sailed for Humphrey. I think I'm 50, 50 on Weddle. Um, but even so similar to what I was saying with Humphrey last week, if you're going for Weddle now, someone at that higher price point, Remember also that you're going to be more than likely going for Wardlaw as well at that higher price point. Mm. So it's a good point. You you almost need to sideways someone to him, like, a, you know, trading up a Roberts, for example, a dead rookie to him, or you're going to be down trading a Wilmot to him, which I don't mind. Um, but again, like if, for example, if you are down trading Wilmot to Humphrey um, and you're doing DPP switches, that's only going to net you 15 K. And like, mm. did you really end of the day jump on Will or start Wilmot, so only make 15k, like it's kind of a waste of a trade by trading to Humphrey if he does make an extra 80k. Yeah, you've only netted a net gain of, of 85k. Like it's. I any like thoughts? It. Any, any no, no, or? no.
0: Exactly what you thought. I just think I thought I wanted to hear someone else's thoughts on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like it. I agree with Good you point. entirely. I don't think. Yeah, I, I still stand by my point with Weddle. Um, I think it's it's I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade in Weddle. At his price point now at 230k. And I wouldn't therefore trade in Bailey Humphrey, who's yeah, you know, 50k 50. more expensive, 55k yeah. almost, I think. Yeah. Uh anyway, let's move on to the rookies on the horizon, because there are some, and you've touched on one multiple times. That is George Wardlaw at North. Mid eligible, gonna set you back 193.8k. He's played the one game, so wait another week. Wait another week. Uh also at North we've got Eddie Ford forward eligible one twenty three point nine k he had went bonkers on the weekend he's got a minus yeah. fifty four break even off one game he scored one hundred and two off memory uh yes one hundred and two and last up all this all these guys played the same game Lachlan McAndrew ruck forward from the Swannies one hundred twenty three point nine k um again I'd probably wait for him um but with uh um
1: Laddams,
0: Laddams going down. You'd think he'd get a greater role. And I mean, Horse did say that he's going to be an important piece for them um, going forward. Uh, but obviously, Hickey is in the wings. So just keep that in mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He did say in his post match press like, he said, this is a quote We'll need McAndrew. We'll just have to work through that personnel wise. So, yeah, probably he does sort of have a bit of in brackets there, like, if Hickey is available or mm. first cho- choice rucks, but Hickey hasn't been the most reliable in recent, recent times, no. unfortunately um, for him, but yeah, he's what a tease. Uh, Liam, let's, let's delve into the talking point. What do you think? Yes. The, the question that we've got for this round
0: is what to do with the pink sweaty pig himself, Clary Oliver. David,
1: I'm going to handball this straight out of the pack to you. A bit of uh, a bit of juice. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm craving some juice and I will be craving it because he's going to be out They're calling it uh short term, which doesn't really provide much clarity. But the key thing to note is he was spotted at training today. And remember he ran out the game after straining his hammy in game. So if I'm going to put my doctor's hat on or physio's hat, I'm going to say this reads to me as a bit of a one to three weeks maximum injury. Mm. Normally they say like four weeks is sort of the standard. If you do a hammy or a strain, um, but I think the fortunate thing here with Clary and the timing of it is the buy weeks um, occur across three of the next four weeks um, if he is out for that long. And one of those weeks is Melbourne's actual buy. So it means he virtually misses three weeks and two of which are where your best 18 scores are only counted, of course. And further to that, one of those buyers, we are only missing Gold Coast and Geelong players and, Be easily be able to cover his absence there. So would only really need to cover him in the full sense of the word this week Mm -hmm. in round 11 in your starting 22. However, I guess on the flip side, some people are saying, what about the trade out of Clary? So if you were to trade him out, that would allow a direct trade to another keeper, such as Laird, for example, whilst money left over, uh, if you're going for someone like a steal could help fund the inclusion of another primo slash keeper. So the upside is big here. So I can definitely see that. But I think the mindset of trading Clary out and back in is probably a little bit ambitious, given it's using two valuable trades. And it's not as if he's going to drop in price drastically, like with Gorn, for example, when he got injured, he was on zero. His break even was sky high when he returned. He dropped a shitload in cash and was easier to to get back in if you wanted to do so. So you'll need to have a fair chunk of coin in your bank in order to fund the, I guess, the upgrade of a fellow mid-pricer to him when he returns or simply sacrifice another keeper for him in a virtual sideways trade, which could be seen as a wasted trade. And I don't think many will be in a position to afford using trade so carefree when the priority is still upgrading your team and getting rookies off field in the back part of the season, especially coming out of the buys when we say you should almost have like a a full team, a fully complete team, but maybe one or two players. As such, I think anyone trading him out should fully expect to not have Clary in their finishing side if they harbour the ambition to finish their side with a full complement of 22 keepers or primos whilst having a handful of trades left needed for inevitable injury cover. It always happens. And it's easy to say now when we've got a few trades in our hands that, oh, it's fine. We'll we'll get him back in. We'll use an extra trade. But again, we always reference it and apologies to abs magic, but he held the title for a fair while. Uh, Hewitt got injured, ran out of trades, had to hold that zero over the last, I think it was a month of the season last year and ended up finishing fourth. So, is still something to keep in mind. Uh, And I guess with all of this in mind, I am leading towards holding him and continuing to upgrade around him. And if the buyers, I guess, weren't helping take the heat out of it, I think for me, he would probably be a trade. But let's hope our rookies can continue their nice scoring like we saw on the weekend. Um, So I'm going to back him in. I'm going to use the buyers to my advantage um, and look at it from that perspective that it's not going to be four weeks uh, or three weeks. It's going to be you know, shave off the potential bye week if it is extended to the four weeks. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it's going to be best 18. And yeah, it's going to be easy enough to cover, I think. Uh, with, I guess it comes down to your structure of your team as well. Like I've only got two rookies on field at the moment. Um, holding Clary means, uh, you know, I'm, I'm down to three rookies virtually, which is where I was the previous week. Now having brought in merit, so it's a net gain of of nothing virtually, um, and I'm just going to write it out and hopefully use the DPP loops to my advantage to maximise as much points as I can from rookies on the bench. Liam, that's a long answer, but uh, anything you wanted to add there? Any any? Are you you leaning one way or another? I am leaning.
0: No, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, um, and I don't. I want this to be taken by the listeners as a with a grain of salt I'm I'm just playing the 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 opposite hand to this and mm. I've considered it and I am still considering it I will, will admit I'm not saying I'm going to do it so don't please don't take this as as you should do it but just just something to consider um I've still got Ashcroft in my side he's priced at 401.5 he is a break even of 9 he'll go up a little bit you'd expect um, in the next few weeks, um, considering his scoring has been pretty good in the last two, with a ninety-seven to one twenty-four. Where I'm going with this is, could I potentially trade out Clary to I don't know someone like a Steel, someone around that price point, bank some cash, keep that cash up my sleeve, don't don't use it, keep it in the bank, gain some points over the next few weeks while Clary's out, and then upgrade a Will Ashcroft back to Clary. Your point stance though with that, in that I'm going to be using well, I'll, I'll have used three trades on Clary this year based off that because I traded him in. I then would trade him out and then I'd have traded back in. So I'd be using three trades on on Oliver. Um, but potentially I'm netting more points over the time that he's out. Admittedly, part of that is with the buys you'd expect. Um, like So so that's, I guess, the, the devil's advocate of trading him. You could maximize your points um, if you're smart about it and you hold the cash that you gain from him to then – I guess get him back in you'd probably have to have a, a rookie like Ashcroft still to be able to do that um I can't see how else you'd you'd manage it um if I'm perfectly honest you'd really need to be downgrading someone to a base a basement price player and then getting Ashcroft up um to get you that 200 um 250k that you're going to need
1: the other thing which uh, I've only just realized now is the, the other fortunate thing with the buy is the fact that anyone you trade in now for Clary is going to have a buy. Yeah. so That's the other thing. Yeah. For example, if you were trading Clary out for, um, you know, steel, for example, he's got the, what, the first buy in round 12. Yep. So you, get him- so you only have him for, for this big, coming week yeah. and then he's got a buy. Um, so it's much for muchness and probably comes down to how many players like, if he's crucial to your other buys, you could probably justify it, like, for the the later buys, like, around 14 and 15. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like you're trading him in for the one week, and then what do you do for, you know, round 12? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's...
0: The only way I can actually say it working is if you trade him to a Geelong or a Gold Coast player.
1: Yeah, yep, that's Because true. that's yep. the
0: easiest buy to cover. So yep. it's probably the only way that it actually works. Yeah, um, that's a good point based just your argument just then really um, i wasn't real i'm, I'm cons- i was considering this but like more in a way of let's see if it could work yeah. without having actually played around with my team to do it but i wouldn't necessarily advise it because yeah trades are at a premium at this stage um and as you said you're just having to cover and it's just an extra player you're having to cover he's also in uh obviously a lot of teams so yeah. there's a lot of people having to um I to cover this as well, so he's in 56 of teams, so um, keep that in mind. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I think I think Devil's Advocate says that you could do it, but you'd have to really play it smart. You'd have to be looking for a cold coast, yeah, or uh, oh my god, you could trade into Bailey Humphrey and make some cash.
1: <laughs> you could, you could potentially do it. Uh, is, that you, is that what
0: you'll be doing, Damon?
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, boy, no, no, take a break.
0: Probably the only way that makes sense to me is if you were to trade him to a Gold Coast or Geelong player. And I don't think yeah. there's anyone that fits the bill there for you to do that.
1: Yeah. Unless you're, you're swinging DPPs yeah. and you're able to get a Stewart, for example. Yeah. yeah. Or... If you
0: didn't have Stewart, maybe, but even then. There's no one else. You've still got to be able to hold. You've still got to be able to get clarity to get back, in. back in. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And I think like as well to the point that like, to maximize buys, which we'll get into in more detail next week, mm. but. Obviously, to maximize the most out of this, is to avoid the buys completely in terms of the play you're trading in. So, like, you'd for steel, for example, you'd almost need to hold Oliver for this week for round eleven, and then obviously for round twelve because steel's got the uh, got the buy then, and then trade steel in off the back of his buy in round thirteen. But by that stage, you've already held Oliver you've for held two him weeks. A week.
0: Yeah, you've held him. Yeah, exactly. Two weeks.
1: So it's not worth it. he he may even come back for around 13 at that stage, given what they're saying it's short term, he's already, you know, he's training, he's, he's, uh, you know, not to the full extent, but uh, from what the physio is saying is from what I gather anyway, they're saying that like, until he is able to train and then, and then uh, suffer no soreness Mm. or no ill effects from what he's, what he suffered with the strain, only then will he be cleared. So who knows, like the recovery timeline could be, you know, one week could be two weeks, could be four weeks, um, which is kind of, I guess, makes sense as to why they haven't put an exact week on it. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting to see what people, what, which way people go, because it could be a make or break for a lot of people's seasons, um, especially those at the top where there's a lot riding on it. So, um, interesting uh, watch from here on out. Mm, Liam, yes. Next,
0: let's uh, let's move on to the next segment, Damon. And
1: mm. what is it? What, what 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 do we call this segment? I'll tell you. But first. You pop on my hat. It's I'm the captain now. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the captain now. So
0: menacing, and then you, and then you just use a little. So inviting and steamboat. welcoming,
1: and yeah, yeah. Steamboat Willie. That's my nickname after I <laughs> <Hey. laughs> uh,
0: And I'm the captain now. Uh, we chat about the VCNC options that you've got for the upcoming round of Supercoach. And always, we scrounge through all of the data. We yeah, we get our Excel spreadsheets out. We, we get our calculators. Magnifying we get glass. our yep, and magnifying. We get the patent crystal ball out, the Supercoach <laughs> edge crystal ball. And we find the best options for you to consider. And we did that with Zeret, don't forget. Oh, we did. Zach Merritt. We, did. we 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 looked into it. We peered in, and we saw we saw a red and black jumper coming out of the out of the clouds, and we thought, "Who yeah. is it?" And then we got a bit closer, and we realised that it was Zachy Merritt.
1: Yeah, it couldn't couldn't be Parrish. He's not there. Couldn't no, be he wasn't. A there. It could be set and forget. because no, right, he has gone. He yeah. wasn't on field. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't have been Jakey Stringer because I I must say Jakey Stringer his goal was pretty good.
0: His goal was pretty good, yes. Yeah. So yeah he was just like, on the Which run? goal? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah goal? Shoved, the one that got you in shoved it. The, shoved the uh, Who was that? It was. uh oh, I can't recall who it was. Macintosh, I think. Just bit of a donkey oh, yeah, yeah, in the marking yeah.
1: contest, and then just kept growing. See ya, see ya, fellas. Had a look in the crystal mm. ball as well, and we <laughs> we thought this like a Essendon win. I could I could feel it. It was coming, oh. but what I didn't see is that. Poor dimmer was, was, yeah, was gonna out. like be part of the collateral damage off the back of this. Poor like Dima. insane. Don't worry, be coaching Carlton next year, mate. All good. <laughs> um, let's move on uh to the vice captaincy options. And first up, we have uh in the Sydney V uh the shit mob uh in Carlton on Friday night. We have 7:50 p.m. at the SCG, and it is Errol Goulden, has only played the blues once for a core, a core, a score, a core score of 72, <laughs> but has been in a rich vein of form. Despite an average showing and an early tag, Golden managed a score of 96 on the weekend. And yeah, he had both of us uh, at the ground cheering him on. Mm. And no doubt at Marvel Stadium out. with the, uh, with the, I guess the the crowd numbers and uh, the fact it was North, apologies, but North and Sydney, they could hear <laughs> us. We were up and about. We were... So yeah, we, we we rode him. We rode him home. We rode through that goal. Um, even when he, when he was going for that marking contest and I can't recall who it was, Um that took the mark. Remember he pulled out of the contest. Cause he knew like his teammate was there to take a mark. Oh yeah. I was filthy on him. Oh, I forget who it was. I, I, they, he took the mark filthy. and kicked the goal. And I was like, fair enough. He kicked the goal. He converted. He got the end result. No, But Goulden would have enough. done it. He would have done it with such flair, style, everything would have warranted an extra 60 points off the back of that. So um, off the back of this, and we were riding him home. We got the whips out. We uh, were riding him. Uh <laughs> It must mention he hasn't gone below a hundred at the SCG from four games at the venue this season. So back him in. We're not going to be there obviously, but we can be on call. Maybe. Yeah. It's Sydney. Just get me up there. Get me a flight. I'm I'm happy
0: to sit in the cheer squad. I'll be a Sydney supporter for them. Get you on the bench. I'll just be a golden supporter. (laughs) I'll just get his face printed on a jumper. It's all on good. a
1: printer. I thought he would have said tattooed on your body.
0: Oh, I mean, no, no, that's it. If, if he pulls out a 156 as my cap, as my VC, then I'll. No, no,
1: no, 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 hold hold
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> hold to
1: yeah. It reminds me of uh, anyone out there that uh, has tuned into the great cricketer. Check them out. I've done some work with them and funny, funny blokes. They were doing uh, a bit of a watch along for an IPL match. This is a bit of an aside, but relevant. Um, and there was a team there was a team that was behind they needed to score in the last over something ridiculous like 40 runs or something something dumb yeah, and yeah. it would have been i think they scored it would have been i think it was 30 runs or something in the last over and they had uh five consecutive sixes in the last over and before that one of the guys um Sam Perry funny bastard is like if they win which was never going to happen but it did of course he was gonna, he was going to have a tattoo on his dick. He was like, I oh, will I will tattoo oh, whatever no. on my dick. And then of course as as the uh as the last or well, the second last ball was bowled, they were just up in arms. It's hilarious. Check it out on YouTube. I was in tears watching it. And uh here goes he's uh offsider. He was he was in tears because he knew what was about to happen. I don't think he's had the tattoo yet, but Liam, that's just a bit of a warning. If you want to like, you know, throw a few no, bets I'm, out I'm there. Not- this not, not, I'm not to be on, your, on your on your on your body on your member, but uh, it's
0: No, 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 still, still, still not there for him. Sorry, <laughs> I will, I will well, be up there though. I'll, I'll go up
1: there with with uh,
0: with a jumper on for him, cheering him yeah, on. Did, okay. He did have to get escorted out after the game because he was like, "Who are these? Who are these weirdos screaming my name from the from level three of of Marvel?"
1: Oh, uh, just the uh, the golden. Ooh, the golden club. cheer
0: squad, yeah, uh, like the yeah, like the Tom Green one. Uh, anyway, yeah. let's move yeah. on <laughs> to your th- another guy that has a fan club sitting here, mm, uh, he Sammy ever. Walsh. One man band. <laughs> <laughs> he has an average of one twenty four in his last four games against the Swannies, with scores of 133, one thirty three, ninety, one sixty one, and one twelve. Hmm. Nice
1: little run there. Yeah, he's very much so. Ooh. Uh and let's move on to Sam Doherty. <laughs> For those people tuning to the podcast, tune into the vodcast, and you'll see I was just holding up a uh a little bit of a Sam Walsh card there. Um, quite a place there on my desk next to uh my wife. Uh and it is uh, Sam Doherty next up, has an average of 92.75 in his last four games against the Swans with scores of 78, 67, 77, and a 149. Ooh. And Sydney give away the most points to attacking defenders, so it could be another week where Dockers puts in a bit of a Lockety type score. Mm,
0: I like that. Don't mind that as a VC if you do have him. Uh, Next game, St. Kilda versus Hawthorne, Saturday at 1.45 p.m. at Marvel Stadium. We've got Jack Sinclair has an average of 107.75 in his last four against the Hawks with scores of 135, 102, 108, and 86. And he did show us his ceiling again. Uh, last round with a squeeze and high score of a 160 against the Giants, but Hawthorne do give away the third least points to
1: attacking defenders. So mm, could hurt him there a little bit. Yes. Hopefully he can butter up with another um, big score. Uh, let's move on to Rowan Marshall and he has an average of 110.5 in his last four games against the Hawks with scores of 78, 173, 86, and a 105. But Hawthorne give away the third least points to Ruckman, and I think they've kind of, over time, um, it's evaporated eased up on bit. that, yeah. yeah, a little bit on that. And it's probably and it could potentially evaporate even more, and maybe not even apply yeah. at all this weekend because, um, Ned Reeves got injured on the weekend. And it uh, does mean that Lloyd Meek may be the sole Ruckman for the Hawks. Yes, so good point. Um, Marshall could capitalize potentially on that matchup. Um, so a bit of a uh, weigh it up, which one's going to apply. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Mm, very good
0: point. Moving on to James Isley. now He has an average of 107.75 in his last four games against the Saints with scores of 113, 93, 119, and 34 The 34, though, does go all the way back to 2017, so probably need to discount it uh, when we look at that. Um, But St. Kilda give away the third most points, sorry, the second most points to general defenders, so just, you know, a defender, and the most points to designated kick and takers. So Sicily could be in for a good score this week.
1: Yep, I think he well and truly will be. Uh, let's move on to the next game. And it is Melbourne up against Frio on Saturday at 2.10 PM at ZG. And we've listed him here, but I uh, could probably scrub him off. And it was Clary Oliver, um, unfortunate, but we'll just mention him just briefly. He does average one hundred three point two five. So I guess we're not really missing, yeah, out not on missing too, too much. much. Um, so kick up your trotters, Clary, um, you know, go down to your local RSL, start <laughs> having $5 spins uh, on, on a poking machine. Uh, we'll just wake up the, uh, the photo here. You'll see it on the vodcast. Um, hilarious, by the way. Someone snapped him at a at a pokey machine. And literally, he's wearing a compression bandage on his on his hammy. But mind you, the way that he's seated, he hasn't elevated his foot or his hammy at all. No, he's literally like cross-legged. He's sitting on his like foot. Um, and the best part of the of the photo is like if you zoom in here. You can see the side eye. He can see that he's being like the guy's taking a photo of you. And he's got this look at his face, like, like he can see me. He can see that I'm, I'm just, just punching in $5 spins. What a bloody, what a high roller. High roller. The RSL. Ah. <laughs> I don't know if it was the RSL, but I, I it was. Yes, it just so adds I. to the story. <laughs> what a complete degenerate, like far out hilarious. Oh, we all have our kinks, I guess. Ugh. Hobbies. Moving anyway, on. Uh, moving on to Andy Brayshaw yep. has an average of 120.25 in his last four games against the D's with scores of 100, 138, 125, and a 118. Melbourne give away the second most points to inside mids and think back to Butters and Rosie last week. And that bodes well for Brayshaw and the next guy on the list, Liam. Yes. And that's Caleb
0: Sarong, And he has an average of just 89.25 in his last four games against the D's with scores of uh, 75, 87, 101, and 94. But he does come into this game with a three-round average of 120, which says that, you know, not a bad VC option, especially considering we saw um, Melbourne have been giving away a lot of points to inside mids. Um, Merritt, they gave away a lot to, what's his name? Noah Anderson was one of those 144 or 187 scores. So yeah, needs to needs to be considered um if you do own one of those two, and probably the ones that I'd be going for my VC if I did.
1: Mm, like it. Uh let's move on to the next game, and it is Geelong up against the mm. Giants on Saturday at 4 35 p.m. at GMHBA. And this guy is where he does his best work. Uh has an average of 101.25. It is Tom Stewart in his last four games against the Giants with scores of 74, 107, 100 and 124. However, the Giants give away the second least points to general defenders. So mm-hmm. um, a bit of a sort of anti uh, correlation there up against this opponent, but uh, Tom Stewart, he just relishes the uh, surrounds of the GM um stadium. So who knows, maybe be a little bit of a uh, left field one, uh, belying, I guess his average historically and that um, that's uh, yeah anti correlation.
0: Yep. Good point. Now let's move on to the captaincy options. And we've got uh, up in the first – on 7.25, sorry, at TAO Stadium. Uh, Gold Coast up against the Western Bulldogs. We've got Marcus Bontempelli. He averages 104 in his last four games against the Suns, with scores of 130, 133,
1: 93, and 87. Interesting. Just definitely one to think of. hmm. But, I mean, the the one thing with him as well, I think he had a bit of a niggle with his knee. He went off at one stage, was assessed. Nothing has come come of it from what I can see. So – uh, I assume, a full bill of health. So if that's the case, um, hopefully he can put in a big Uh Next up, we have Jared Witts, averages 103 in his last four games against the Dogs with scores of 131, 97, 70, and 114. So the Dogs give away the third most points to Ruckman. So um, yeah, a nice little matchup there for Witter.
0: Yeah, moving on to West Coast versus Mumob in the Dons on Saturday at 7.30 p.m. at Optus Stadium. And there's only one player that we've got here on it is Zach Merritt. He averages 114.75 in his last four games against the Eagles with scores of 111, 119, 125, and 104. And just to add to that, he hasn't scored below 100 against the Eagles, except in his debut season in 2014. All his other scores have been 104+. plus. So there's that going for him and as we know the Eagles give away the most points to inside mids so if last week everything was coming up uh Zachy Merritt this week yep. it is very much coming up Millhouse
1: for <laughs> Zach Merritt Yep, exactly no he's although it's a danger it. game danger game I'm no, stressed I am stressed they haven't got anyone to pose a threat. To, yeah, to but this anything. is what
0: happens. They, they cop it in the Carlton media. Carlton beat them
1: by 100-odd points. Hawthorne beat them by more, which yeah, shows actually. how shit Carlton are. Oh,
0: but that's I, what concerns me. <laughs> Hawthorne just beat them. They're going to be like, nah, we can't take this. And they're going to come out all ready to go. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. It just has danger game all over it.
1: No. I, I'm, I'm backing him in. I'm backing him in uh, personally, I think. Uh, I think Zachary he'll go and, well. And, and I'm backing in the Dons. They're going to have a massive one. This is the turnaround, and this is the uh, the sliding doors, as uh, Barrett likes to call, it, likes to use that phrase, in Essendon season. If I can then. see them last week and this week. Um, so yeah, I reckon this they're 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 building, they're building nicely. But uh, let's move on to the next game, and it is Collingwood v North Melbourne on Sunday at three twenty p.m. Um, at where's that? Is it Marvel? Marvel, yeah, Marvel Stadium. Well, Collingwood at Marvel. A home Ooh, game, they know where to go. Yeah, gee whiz, they will get lost. Don't worry about that. Um, but Nick Dacos, he'll he'll probably find a way there because he can smell the Sharon a mile away. Um, <laughs> has played North just once for a score of ninety nine, but North give away the second least points to attacking defenders. So I feel as though with with Dakes, he's kind of being found out. Like yeah. the weekend, uh, Ed Kurne played on him, I guess a little bit. Um, but yeah, there was there was no real. I guess space or just not having an opponent. So I think maybe it's uh, it's a combination of him just running out of gas, maybe a little bit because he just plays high octane every single week, and teams also putting a little bit of time and effort into him. So yeah, I don't know. It could go bananas. It is against North, but North mm. should have should have won on the weekend against this one. Mm, they should have won. Yep, outrage. They can. They can. Uh, they can I imagine if they get a win <laughs> against the Pies. It'd be amazing. Well, like, I think they
0: didn't. They almost. They didn't beat the Pies last time, did they? They almost beat them though.
1: Last
0: year, yeah, it might have been. Yeah, um, yeah, and just lucky to be playing after that. that oh, tummy that,
1: tap. that's that little uh surprise that
0: they weren't. Remember when um Jai Caldwell gave him Dacos a little tummy tap? The uh, the pie supporters wanted his head.
1: Surprised oh, yeah, they, they, they were, they were pretty story.
0: quiet. They were pretty quiet this week, I have to say.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: One of the differences, uh, yeah. Anyway. Me. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, well, let's move on to. <laughs> Adelaide versus Brisbane on Sunday at 4.40pm at Adelaide Oval. And we've got Rory Laird in this one. Averages 111.5 in his last four against the Lions with scores
1: of 142, 129, 86 and 89. He is a definite one found form Ooh. on the weekend. Welcome sign there. Uh, next up, we have Jordan Dawson averaging an 83 in his last three games against the Lions with scores of 107, 79, and a 64. And not too pleasing, uh, especially as a new owner of the past two weeks. <laughs> he hasn't turned up at all. And I hate when that happens. really yeah. annoys me because I've been saving my, like every penny in the, in yeah, the piggy bank. In. I went to the trouble of smashing open my piggy bank. It is in pieces. Yeah, but and Clary Oliver's
0: of his attempt down at the local
1: <laughs> <laughs> RSL. That's actually the reason. That's actually the reason why Clary uh got an injured hammy is because I smashed him with a hammer in order to extract the juice and and the coinage in order to afford Dawson. And he's also at the RSL sinking <laughs> yeah. coins in. As you say, like he's taking the coins. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take those. I'll be going to my local RSL. Yep. Uh... With Let's these uh... trotters. These trotters. <laughs> Just imagine putting coins in with these trotters. He's like trying to pick them up. Oh. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Oh.
0: <laughs> Let's move on. Josh Dunkley, other side of the field, averaging one hundred and sorry, in his last four games against the Crows with scores of 142,
1: 65, 88, and 106. So only really the one score to write home about there. And finishing it off, we have Lockie Neal averaging 130 in his last four games against the Crows with scores 115, 147, 148, and a 110. So an Mm,
0: option there. Nice little option. Now let's jump straight into our little uh, captaincy head-to-head. Damon, yes,
1: Merritt as we both predicted went absolutely bananas but i don't think either of us thought he'd reach the heights he did he he just he was he not only reached the moon he landed there planted a flag kicked his feet up and watched the game virtually uh from the moon and then realized oh wait i should be there playing and uh tuned up and then some but amazingly it does put me in front on overall points totally i know but still a captaincy choice behind in our head to head overall like you know mm-hmm. weekly win
0: well, you made up yeah, 162 versus
1: 74 for gone. So almost a hundred points. It's, isn't it funny that you've made up like all those points in our yeah. like, normal weekly head to head. And <laughs> I've done the same in our captaincy head to head. Yep.
0: Yep. Very yeah Yeah, Massive. Sort of squaring sc- the ledger
1: uh, just so it becomes a little bit uh, more yeah. even. It's good.
0: So let's have a quick look at the wins and losses. So uh, Damon, you've got four wins to my five. So I've got the head to head but you've got the points Advantage here um ahead by a five
1: points 10 thirty four to ten twenty nine yes well um I do have the first pick this Ooh. week and aiming for three on the trot three on the trot which is unheard of here Uncharted territory and Ooh. I'm thinking of it's going to be a bit of a tough week but I'm gonna back in the big old squarehead Rory, Laird. Rory um, Laird the big old blockhead I reckon he's uh he's hit form at the right time lines aren't going to give a shit about um you know, in terms of run with tags, they're going to go head to head with their quality midfield. And I reckon he's going to go bananas. Uh, otherwise, if it didn't have him, I would have been very tempted by your boy again. And new inclusion this week into my side. Zachary Merritt, are you going well,
0: that way? that is the way I'm going. Thank you for preempting it.
1: <laughs> uh, there was,
0: I mean, I don't mind Neil. Yeah. I true. don't mind Brayshaw or Sorong um, against Melbourne. But I also just don't really trust them either. Um, no. But I think, yeah, based off that, I'm going to go my boy in Zaki Merritt. Let's see
1: how it goes. I like it. Hopefully Very good.
0: In for another big one.
1: Yeah, boy. And especially as a new owner myself, oh, mm. just juice all around. Pig, well, in lieu of pig juice, there's going to be Merit juice. Doesn't really fit. Something something um but anyway Liam, let's move on to and it is can we do a little bit of an acapella for this like so like you know like the the barbershop quartet okay. bom, bom, bom.
0: i think you need i think you need more than two people to
1: do. <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh, you you go the high and i'll go the low notes all right ready so and a one and a two and a three boom, boom. Uh, hi, hi, gots to know <laughs> don't We should have rehearsed this. That's <laughs> I got to know.
0: Hey, I got to know. Yes, you know, I got to know. We throw it open to you, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community, and we answer your burning questions. And let's kick off with two questions this week. But
1: Actually, there's a, there's a couple more there's that have three. been... Uh... Streaming a third in. one I got,
0: I got, and there's, done there's over another there. one
1: as well that I'll, oh, uh, a that I'll put in there.
0: <laughs> really, he did not do this well. As you can tell, I did not rehearse this
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> much up. like a type barbershop quartet, which wasn't a quartet, it was a duo. So, barbershop duo.
0: first up, we've got Jeffrey Head at Jeff Head SC on Twitter. He asks, which, if any rookies should be targeted this week, we know Wardlaw will be good and McAndrew should be a good downgrade for Isava slash Samsung. I <laughs> assume <we> you mean Samson. <laughs> uh, but considering, I hope, I hope that's his nickname. I hope that's his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> but considering buy rounds, etc., do we think it's a good week to just, dare I say it, not downgrade? Uh, I'm not yeah. against it, I have to say. I mean, McAndrew. You could go early on McAndrew if you really want. It's a bit of a risk. But Wardlaw, again, it's just I don't think there's any really good rookies this week.
1: No, so I do
0: think you kind of have to wait almost. And keep in mind, yeah, next week you've got Wardlaw. You'll have Asar. Uh, you'll have so not He's not a Kashka. Uh, you'll have McAndrew. You'll have Ford if he maintains his spot, which you'd expect he would across. But yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not against the lack of downgrade this week.
1: Yep. I don't, I don't mind it either. I think, yeah. If, if you're not forced to don't, don't, uh, don't push it. Um, Wait mm-hmm. for quality rookies as they come up. I think in my case, uh, I'm thinking of going early on a, a Ford or a McAndrew just purely mm-hmm. because it, it allows me to bring in merit this week, where I think you got to strike while the iron's hot when it comes to guys like this, because he's now with that one, six, two in his price cycle. Uh, his price is going to go to the moon, um, so yeah, I'd be mm. I'd be looking to do that myself. Other than that, yeah, just just wait yeah. and hold. I think there's, no, not there's no extra benefit.
0: Yeah, if you're not targeting an upgrade, I think this week's fine to wait. Um, keep in mind that over the buys, we do get the extra the extra trade as well. Mm-hmm, so um, yeah, you'll have way. three trades, so you don't need to worry too much. I don't think uh, if you do need to wait.
1: Alrighty, so next up we have and uh, it's, a, it's a good question sent in by our usual uh follower, listener, viewer here, supercoach pleb at supercoach pleb. Uh follow him on Twitter for some quality memes, which we obviously uh align with uh and enjoy uh as we are purveyors and creators of them ourselves, especially Simpsons ones. And he says, Greetings, Edge Lords, pleb here. No need to ask for Oliver advice. He will be nesting on my bench, smartly. <laughs> However, Patrick nesting, a pig <clears throat> nesting. He'd just be oinking. He'd just be just laying in the in the, uh, the mud. Slop. However, yes, in the slop, yeah, rolling around as he does mm. these trotters, sinking coins into the pokies. However, Patrick Cripps, I've seen more lively people in one of the Dead, he says. That's a fair point. Hold or trade, You're sincerely, keep up the good work. <laughs> I love how he signs off with a different phrase every single time. That, yeah. that really amuses me. I like that. Keep that going, Supercoach Pleb. Uh, Liam, did you want to have a first crack at this? Uh, Yeah, why not? Just have a look at his scores because I have not really thought about him
0: in recent weeks. His three-round average is 76.7 with scores of 87, 60, 83. If you go back a couple more weeks, he did score a 153 against the Eagles, a 130 against St. Kilda. Um, but yeah, his low scores are, are not great, 60's, 60, 80. 83, 87, 99, and then the rest have been 100 plus. But his recent downturn is not good. His break even is, what, 160. So he's really going to need to turn it around. Um, oh, I don't know what to do. I. It's hard to know without what trades you've got and done mm-hmm. um, and how many trades you've got left, what other issues you've got around in your side. Um, But I would, I don't know, potentially hold him. I'd probably hold him. Sorry.
1: Yep. Yeah, I'm. I'm very much the same. I think um, it's hard to say. I mean, across the buys, he could potentially use it as an opportunity to get rid of him. Um, however, he does have the round 15 buy, um, so at mm. least I guess the upside is that he's playing all the other buys. Um, so if you were going to get rid of him, I'd probably hold probably him for now. Doing yeah. It, yeah, doing it then, um, but by that stage. Um, what's his price point going to be? He's going to be dropping mm. a fair bit of cash. The one thing I don't like about Cripper, and it's unfortunate, but he plays for a, shit, for, a shit, for a shit side. <laughs> no, nah. um, he, he he, I think the downturn in form, like he's completely out of form. But there's so many senior guys at Cult that are really out of form, um, and I think you know just looking at his CBAs, they haven't dropped off at all. Like he's been pretty consistent around about the seventy, you know, high seventies to mid 80s mark so in terms of role it hasn't dropped off it's literally just form line um he's not getting mm. his hands on the ball enough uh but likewise as well the one glaring thing that is missing from his season if you look at his stats he's only kicked one goal for the season so yeah last year was actually his career best season where he kicked the most goals of his career in a single season that's just not existent and i think that probably feeds into the the poor again i'm talking like a cult fan here but i won't go into too much depth but the poor game plan that, that, that Voss has implemented. It's very defensive um, and he's not utilizing assets like multifaceted assets. Like, you know, we've got Crips there Mm. drifting forward, but I think you just have to hold. Unfortunately, he's already bled a heap of cash um, 76.2 K already. Um, And yeah, unless, unless you have an opportunity to go for a lead, maybe um, who's priced a 60 K more. He's like the other one. Sorry. The one of the only ones I'd be jumping on. Uh, for the time being let's move on to the next question and it has been sent in by where are we I have lost lost pig mentality here. pig mentality yes he says uh is more of a comment more than anything but also just pointing out that he wants all of McAndrew, Wardlaw and Ford so he was saying he has to get one this week but um uh I think Jeff had actually kindly pointed out that yes as you mentioned there we've got but. On top of that, McAndrew has his buy in round 12.
0: Yep. So he won't be on the bubble until round 13. Yep. Fair
1: point. And we also have access to three trades as well. So there's no need to go early on rookies if you're down to to two trades yep. um, and you're out of boosts. So that's that's the uh, one of the big points. But also, yeah, if you're looking for McAndrew, there's no need to go early on at all because, yeah, he's got the, the first buy coming up.
0: Yep. So he won't be on the bubble until round 13 if I'm yep. right. All right. Yeah, yep. Around 13 is we need to trade him Sorry, I'm doing my maths in my head and it's not working. So yeah, definitely don't need to worry about that. Now, next up we have a few questions. Um, but super coach Cleb has also asked, for those who trade him, are you stupid? And he is talking about the one and only Clary Oliver. And <laughs> I'm trying to think of a nice way of saying it, but probably yes. I probably wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't be yeah. trading him. <laughs> I, I think yes. the answer is thing. yes.
1: If you're gonna get mad at me every time I do something stupid, then I guess I'll just have to stop doing stupid things. Good. Fine. I'll never ever do another stupid thing. Good night.
0: oh hmm
1: Didn't that hurt? No. Just a Simpson reference for him. Love it. Um but yeah, I reckon I reckon it's it's not stupid, I reckon probably silly. Yeah. Short sighted, probably more than anything, but um everyone can do what they like. It's their own team. Um different strategies. Yeah. But uh, what we have Yep, exactly. TK Mac, uh, regular listener slash viewer, Taylor m um, off the production line there. Another bot, but apparently plays footy according to his profile. So thanks as always for tuning in and for sending in this question. And it's probably one that we'll delve into more next week, uh, but how best to avoid donuts in round 15. And it all comes down to just briefly here, uh, how you're trading across the buys over the first few weeks heading into round 15. But the foundations are set probably weeks ago now, but uh, we've probably been mentioning it over the past couple of weeks, but um, it's not too late. Keep it in mind for those that you're trading in or out this week, just double check how it's going to fit in with that round 15 buy, because it is going to bite most of us on the ass pretty hard.
0: Yep. Agreed. Um, Nothing to add there, to be honest. I think it's just being mindful of what you do. Now, moving on to the next question, it is smart swans super coach at smart underscore swans on Insta, uh, Twitter, sorry. <clears throat> he asks, with Fleeton being the best bubble boy this week, do we consider going early on a Wardlaw, Ford, or McAndrew and bring in the other slash others next week? Um, As I said, I mean, unless you want to do a double up, unless you want to upgrade next week, um, that's on the cards for you. You can wait, bring in both Wardlaw and Ford next week and then hold McAndrew for after his bye. Um, you don't need to bring him in early. So it actually works out quite nicely because he'll be on the bubble a little bit later.
1: Yep. Spot on with that. And uh, we thought we'd use this, uh, this last question sent in by Steve at stevenc C 24 to really set the tone for it will be a bifocused episode. No doubt next week, uh, mm. as we mentioned there in that answer to TK Mac. Uh, So let's kick it off as he asks, how many trades should you aim for at the end of the buys? And I think it's probably, there's no real set answer with this, but we will sort of revert back to what we're saying at the start of the season and the preseason. And that is the theory of, you know, in order to finish with the best 22 scoring team with the highest, you know, scoring players, the keepers, you need to start with at least 10 of the best scorers from the very start. So you can probably look back now and see how many players you've kept in your side. From the very start, but I guess operating under that notion with 35 trades, you can break it down into five of those trades being stuff up trades or correction trades, six injury trades, and 12 upgrades, and also 12 downgrades in order to you know do the one-up, one-down rule. Um, so I'd probably keep that in mind. Look at where you're placed at the moment. Like with my team, for example, I'm down to two rookies on field now. I've got 12 trades in hand. So Hopefully, um, in an ideal world, it would be one up, one down uh, using four trades, leaving me with eight remaining uh, and going by that notion, having two trades on top of the six injury trades, um, which is kind of like the theory that we're operating on there. But um, for the rest of the season, I mean, the more trades that you can have at the end of upgrading your team to keep a status, the better, um, because there are always going to be uh, injuries injuries and suspensions to deal with. So keep that in mind, but we'll probably delve into a little bit more detail next week and beyond.
0: Yep. And just to clarify, Damon, when you say you have 12 trades, that's after making your trades this round.
1: Yes. Correct. Yes. Yep.
0: Yep. Perfect. So for me, I've got 15 trades left before trades this week. I don't know if I'm going to make any, and I have three, four rookies that are on my field still. So... um Yeah, that's where I'm at at this stage.
1: Very nice. Well, uh, before we wrap things up, let's run through our Supercoach Edge Cup group results after round 10. Yes, our Supercoach Edge
0: Cup public group leader is the carryover leader yet again with Rehab and his team, Colin Good. And he has a round score of 2,406, a total score of 23,099, and he is ranked 35th overall.
1: Very nice. And the top scorer for the round was Drew of Krill's Crew. Round score, 2,749. And round rank of 56. So well done there. Very nice. And for our Patreon exclusive group, the leader is, uh, yet again,
0: T with his team Prestitutes, Jonas Goat. Very well done there. Round score of 2,593. An overall total score of 22,843. And he is ranked to 327th overall. So absolutely flying
1: there. Very nice. And Liam, you took out the top round score with 2,694. Something's the going my way. From me. So there's a couple of, um, a couple of, you know, Good weeks, yeah. going your way already. So going well, uh, let's continue it on. And in terms of our Patreon exclusive Coach Edge Cash League, the results looked like this.
0: Yes. Poppable FC Dylan, he took, uh, he was defeated by the sharpshooters 24 4 to 25-24. Tom sorry Matthew with his team ton ton 618. I'm struggling now. He is he, he scored 2591. He defeated Wade with his team carps crushers 2445. Damon your team defeated Tankers Peter in a very close match 2445 to
1: 2438. Very, very close. Mm. And and of and, course that is our uh, our father-in-law. Yeah and he did he did gift us a couple of uh chili pies which we're going to have to work away uh of using them as a bit of maybe a bit of punishment maybe a a bit of a contest across the buys uh whether it be at the back end of the buys to see who scores the most or you know and obviously the one who scores the least has to devour their chili pie uh on camera or on on the episode as we're recording it to see uh, how you last um but i probably should have turned around on him and said an hour head-to-head weekly whoever loses has to eat the chili pie (laughs) it's too late it's too late now
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> yep, yeah. And uh, the final game of the round was myself uh, 2694 defeating Scott Arthur with his team black on white 2521. Now, again, I just wanted to point out our league ranking is 11th overall mm-hmm. of 111, 11, sorry, 1163. So it is a very strong league here for the, for the eight, um, nice. eight in it. Yeah. Yep. And Run uh,
1: Yes, in terms of uh leaders, so sharpshooters uh hell has held that uh that top spot yeah. with eight wins, one loss. Uh I have held my spot in uh second place there. Seven wins and two losses, uh five on the trot, much like sharpshooters. Cups crushes, uh he has held his spot uh third place, five wins, four losses, ton six one eight. Uh Matthew with uh four wins, five losses, Tankers four wins five losses also in fifth place separated by points differential there uh Liam you have just come off from the bottom absolutely no off the off canvas the bottom. off the <laughs> canvas <laughs> everyone everyone thought he was out for the count everyone was bloody the ref sliding in one two like you know wwe style yeah and here you are just risen up you're like like, you know the gift of uh undertaker from the from the uh, (laughs) (laughs) that is you i'm scared i'm scared and so should so too should be tankers our father-in-law who you're just you're kind of like breathing down the neck of ever Mm. so creepily um but you are in sixth spot with three wins and six losses um black on white in seventh spot three wins six losses also and poppable fc uh, with just the two wins and seven losses. I wanted well, to quickly yeah. touch on something
0: here. It's just interesting because we were talking about this at the starting episode with the points scored in this league. Oh and yes, of course. You, a Damon, sorry, sharpshooters is at the top with the points scored and your second Damon. But I think I can't remember. No quick look. So the person sitting in bottom of the ladder, popper ball FC Dylan, he has the third most points, but he is last mm. on the head to head and I sit in sixth, but I'm actually fourth. If you consider points, uh, scored. So it's quite interesting, I guess, the, uh, the way that it's kind of worked out that way.
1: So you could say carps crushes has got through by the skin of his teeth. Been very lucky because he's actually the third least scoring team in our league. Mm. So that's the way it goes. That's the way the cookie crumbles and goes back to that point of, you know, the high score that you had on the weekend, yeah. And in one of your head to head matches, you still lost, which is lost, just exactly. unthinkable. But anyway, uh, that does bring us to the end of the show. But before we go, Liam, where can our listeners find us across our socials?
0: Yes. If you want to uh, watch us, watch, uh, watch the vodcast, you can find us on YouTube. Just search Supercoach Edge. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We are trying to hit our 1K mark by the end of the season. Uh, so please and thank you. Uh, Twitter, you'll find us at, at supercoach underscore edge. Damon at, at DamonJ88. Myself at Liam at Liam Evans underscore 95. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, search supercoach edge. And yeah, you'll find us there.
1: Very nice. And as always, if you love the content we provide, make sure to let us know by subscribing to our YouTube channel and help us, as you said, in our pursuit of hitting the 1K mark by the end of the season. But that's it for another episode. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. All the best for the round ahead. And we'll catch you same time, same place. See you then. See you, guys.